the spirit of reconciliation, Myeloma Australia acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Welcome to My Conversations, Myeloma Australia's podcast series. These podcasts are written and produced by our Myeloma support nurses for people living with myeloma, their family and friends. We aim to deliver interesting and up-to-date information on myeloma in a portable and convenient way through our podcast shows. Welcome everyone to this episode of My Conversations, a Myeloma Australia podcast. My name is Tash Clark and I'm a specialist myeloma nurse at Queensland with Myeloma Australia. I'm very pleased to be your host today. This episode has come to you today from Melbourne where we are attending the annual National Haematology Conference called Blood. There's been lots of new data presented and today we have the pleasure of welcoming an international expert on myeloma all the way from the US, Dr Adam Cohen. Welcome, Adam. Dr Adam Cohen is Director of Myeloma Immunotherapy at an Amyloidosis Program Co-Director and Associate Professor of Medicine at the Abramson Cancer Centre at the University of Pennsylvania. His research focuses on clinical development of novel therapies, particularly immunotherapies for patients with myeloma, AL amyloidosis and other plasma cell dyscrasias. Today's podcast focuses on the patient experience of bispecific T-cell engager medicines, affectionately known as BITES. This type of treatment is currently only available in clinical trials in Australia and we're keen to hear from Dr Cohen's extensive US experience as those clinical trials roll out in Australia. Welcome to the show, Dr Cohen. Uh, Thank you. It's really great to be here, surrounded by all these experts, learning so much at this week's conference. Thanks for taking some time out to speak with me and in turn the myeloma community here in Australia. So it's great to be surrounded by experts, as you say, and learning so much. Um, (coughs) For those of you who are new to the idea of BITES, can you briefly explain what are bispecific T-cell engagers and how do these treatments differ from other myeloma treatments? Uh, Absolutely. So bispecific T-cell engagers or bispecific antibodies are drugs that work by trying to activate the patient's own immune system to fight the myeloma. And so the drugs are administered either intravenously or under the skin. One end of the uh, molecule attaches to the myeloma cell. The other end attaches to your T cells, which are some of your immune cells, and it brings those T cells to the myeloma cells, activates them so they can then kill the myeloma. And so it's really an amazing way to sort of use your own immune system to, to take out your cancer. And what do T cells normally do? So T-cells are part of the immune system that usually attack bacteria or viruses, and and they've really been trained to do that. So this is a way of sort of redirecting them to now focus on the cancer. Great. So most myeloma treatments are given in combination with other medicines. Is this also true with bites? So the initial approval for the bites is being given as single agents. They actually can work by themselves, and they've been tested in patients with pretty what we call late-line myeloma, patients who have already gone through typical drugs like daratumumab or bortezomib, lenalidomide, et cetera. Um, So they can work by themselves, uh, but like most medicines in myeloma, we are testing them with other treatments, and it seems like they can actually work with those as well and maybe even work better. 
So I think in the future, we probably will be using them in combination. Yeah, that makes sense. And are there groups of patients that are more suitable for bites than other therapies? So the nice thing about bites is they really can work in almost any patient population within multiple myeloma. Um, and they, they do have side effects, as we'll talk about. But for the most part, we can manage these. So there's really not many patients I can think of that would not be suitable for bites. Maybe people with very advanced heart failure or severe lung disease. But, but other than that, no. I really think this could be a treatment that could work for almost any myeloma patient. Yeah, and what sort of side effects can they expect? So there's two types of side effects, I guess, the what I call the early side effects within the first week or so of therapy and then some of the later ones. So the way these drugs work is they activate those T cells, your immune system, to try to attack the myeloma. In some cases, though, they can overactivate those T cells and it can sort of mimic a bad flu, if you will. You don't actually have the flu, but your body feels like it does. That's called cytokine release syndrome. And you can get high fevers, muscle aches, malaise. Um, rarely it can even cause low blood pressure or, or trouble breathing. So we expect this. This happens typically with the first couple of doses. So uh, patients are usually hospitalized for that first week. They get what's called step-up dosing. We give a very low dose on the first day and then a medium dose a couple days later and then the full dose a couple days after that. And that way, we can sort of get their body used to the, the drug. If you do get that activation of the immune system, you're in the hospital, we can manage it. We have drugs that can calm the immune system back down. Um, and typically, once you get past that first week, that's really uncommon. Uh, so that's the, I think, most common side effect called cytokine release syndrome. The other ones that we can see sometimes can be some fatigue, uh, sometimes low blood counts. So we do have to monitor patients. Occasionally, they need transfusions or what's called growth factors to boost them up. And then the biggest late side effect or risk is for infections. Um, this, uh, these drugs are very powerful. They can take out your myeloma cells, but they can also suppress your body's normal antibody production, therefore put you at some risk of an infection. And so there's a lot of measures that we take to try to prevent infections going forward in patients. And so what sort of measures are they, what sort of life are patients going to experience after they've had these drugs? Yeah, so the nice thing is, as I said, once you get past that first week or so, um, most patients feel very well on these medications. Um, they sort of go back to their usual activity. Um, the drugs are given on various schedules. Many of them are once a week in the beginning, but then we start to space that out to every two weeks and even less frequently going forward. Um, and so I think quality of life is actually very good. These don't have typical chemotherapy-like side effects. You don't lose your hair or get nausea or mouth sores, diarrhea, things like that. Um, the main thing, as I mentioned, are the infections. So it does require typically some antibiotic preventions patients may take or uh, other antiviral drugs. And many patients end up on uh, a type of infusion called IVIG, intravenous immune globulin, sometimes also called subcutaneous immune globulin, monthly infusions of good antibodies to help boost up your immune system and help prevent infections. And that's been shown to be very effective at uh, preventing some of those late side effects. That's great. Sounds very exciting. So, Adam, we obviously don't have an awful lot available in Australia as you do in the US, um, but can you describe some of these, um, these drugs that you're researching and working with at the moment? Absolutely. So, there have actually been three of these bispecific T-cell engaging antibodies that have been uh, approved in the US. Um, two of them, called teclistamab and elronatumab, uh, hit a target called BCMA, which is a, a marker on myeloma cells. 
And the last one is called talquetamab, and it hits a different marker on myeloma called GPRC5D. Um, and all of these drugs are, are given as subcutaneous injections under the skin, uh, typically on a weekly basis. Um, and they've all been shown to be very effective uh, right now in what we call heavily relapsed refractory patients that have already had a proteasome inhibitor like Velcade or Bortezomib, an imid drug like Revlimid or Pomelis, um, and a CD38 antibody like Daratumumab. And so in that setting, uh, we're seeing that anywhere from two-thirds to as, you know, as high as 70% of patients can respond to these drugs and get their myeloma under control. And once those uh, uh, drugs work and the patients get a response, those responses can be very durable. And uh, we've had patients that are on some of these drugs going on two, three years, still in remission, um, even after all their other treatments had stopped working. So I think there's really a lot of excitement around these, having sort of a, what we call an off-the-shelf uh, agent that can activate your immune system and, and control your myeloma for such a long period of time. And those patients who have been on it for a, a long period of time, they're living good good quality of life type lives absolutely and yeah. yeah that's the nice thing is you really sort of get your life back mm. you still have to go in for your injection although in many of those cases you know they're now only getting treated every couple of weeks or even every four weeks um, and we're starting to even look at doing trials where people have been in remission for a long period we can stop the drugs and then watch them and, and perhaps restart it when the disease starts to come back and give them a break from therapy. And uh, we really haven't been doing that for quite some time in myeloma. There's been this paradigm of continuous treatment. You just have to stay on these drugs indefinitely. But these are really powerful, and, and we're now starting to say maybe we can take a break in people who get a deep response. And I think patients really appreciate that. That all sounds really exciting. I mean, here in Australia, we haven't even got TGA approval for any of these agents, even though we have quite a few trials with them. But it really gives us a lot of hope and our community a lot of hope that we'll one day get them and um, they'll just have more alternatives. So Absolutely. You. It's yeah. always good to have more options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with these side effects, um, it's great that they get extra life. Um, but we all know that in the real world, <laughs> for patients to deal with um, side effects, it can be quite hard sometimes. So... Is there a need with any of these agents for them to have supportive care from, you know, maybe dietitians or physios or other people? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so particularly with the one called talquetamab, which is the, the bite that targets uh, GPRC5D, um, that one does have the potential to cause some skin-related side effects. We can sometimes see some rashes, some uh, dry skin, cracking, nail changes, and so that actually uh, sometimes requires dermatology assistance. It, it often responds to topical steroids and moisturizing agents, but um, that's one thing that can sometimes have an effect on quality of life. It also can sometimes lead to dry mouth, um, just because of the nature of the target can sometimes be in some areas of the tongue. And some patients say their taste buds change, they lose appetite, there may be weight loss. And so that also, I think, can benefit from supportive care, uh, particularly meeting with a dietitian, um, medicines to try to increase the moisture and saliva in the mouth. And then if it really gets significant, you can certainly hold the drug, give a, a little bit of time off, and it does always resolve, and then you can restart at a lower dose. Uh, but yes, I do think that's where our, our nurses and other allied health specialists can really help us sort of maintaining patients on this and trying to maintain quality of life. So there's a lot of talk in our community now about these exciting T-cell engager therapies coming through and that 
sort of mystical word cure (laughs) (laughs) is being mentioned with myeloma that we've never ever used before Um, and so we're (coughs) sort of trying to help our community you know get used to that idea so what's your view on finding a cure in myeloma yeah, it's a great question, and you're correct that we've been very reluctant to use that word just because we, we've been burned before with myeloma and has this tendency to come back even years later in some cases. And I think with these new drugs, the, the bites uh, and also CAR T-cells, which are another type of immune therapy, we're seeing fantastic responses even in, in really what we call refractory patients. Um, I don't think they're curative in that setting when we're we're using them right now, which is after patients have already exhausted all the standard options. But I think these drugs are are now so powerful, and because they use the immune system, we do have the potential to start curing patients if we can figure out how to use them earlier and in the right sequence. And so I do think there's a new optimism that we're seeing amongst myeloma investigators that we may have the tools now in our sort of toolkit, if you will, and we just have to figure out how to put them together. And I think the first step is getting these on the market and, and getting experience with them and very heavily treated patients. But there's already studies going on where we're moving it up earlier and even to what's called frontline therapy. And as I said, if we can put them in the right order and, and get, get, get the, the right uh, populations, I'm hopeful we're going to start curing a larger fraction of patients. That's really exciting. Thank you, Adam, for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge on this new treatment. It's so great to be able to hear from somebody with your first-hand experience in caring for patients undergoing bispecific T-cell therapy. We really appreciate your time today and enjoy the rest of the conference and have a safe trip home. And a big thank you to CVP for recording this show and we'll see you next time on My Conversations. Thank you very much. for listening to this episode of My Conversations. We'd love to hear from you, so send us your questions or topic ideas to our email address nurses at myeloma.org.au. Whilst the advice and opinions of our guests is welcomed, this podcast provides general information and is not intended to replace medical care or the advice of your treating team. Please talk to your doctor if you have any questions about your diagnosis or treatment. Your doctor can answer your questions talk with you about your treatment goals and provide you with extra support.